Hi everyone, welcome to the No Low Ballers podcast. I'm Logan Medish of High Caliber History, your host. Uh, very special grouping of episodes that we're doing here. I'm sitting around the table, of course, we've got Alan from Gunbroker, we've got Dan from Go Wild, and we have Cody from Walther because we are in Fort Smith, Arkansas at the Walther factory. It's very exciting to have everybody to take take the show on the road. This is our first time we're doing it. Uh, and so, Cody, thank you for having us here uh, to sit in at the Walther factory and check everything out. We we appreciate you inviting us in. You know, I'm glad y'all came out, man. We're uh, we're proud to show off this place, and, and we love our little uh, piece of dirt out here in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. You know, a lot of... We couldn't think of a cooler place to come for the first road show. I mean, Walther is an yeah. iconic brand with some of the coolest guns out there. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, there, and there's just so much company history that you guys have. I mean, let's, let's take it all the way back. I mean, where, where, do we, where does Walther come from? Yeah, when you, see, when you look at Germany, I mean, right, we, we know Walther is a German company through and through and, and at its heart, you know. But, you know, when you look back at what, like – the history of Walther with with Carl Walther and his son Fritz is the really the the driving force of of Walther in the semi-automatic category back in the day Mm with you look at the original Walther Model 1 right and that's what really kicked it off was you saw this big craze going on in the U.S. with with Browning and and things of making semi-auto firearms and you know his son Fritz really wanted to get out there and make a their version of a semi-auto and Mm -hmm. you know they were able to patent and push for the fixed barrel semi-automatic gun and that really is what kicked off walther and it was it was a great gun it's a little pocket gun when you ever see them they're they're very small they're made to be just kind of thrown in the pocket and shot and you can still see them out there and you saw a bunch of iterations with that um all the way up one of my favorites is model seven Mm -hmm. um so really cool calibers you know down in 25 acp and then 32 a little later and stuff like that so that was really the driving force of you know walther you know the history of walther is crazy right we'll start off semi-auto pistols and that's what they do great at that's what we do great today too yep um but you know rifles and competition air guns and i mean we, we have a lot a lot of things to talk about I believe we even had a shotgun in the catalog at, at some point yeah yes. and that's alan and i we were talking doing show prep we're like what kind of cool stuff do we want to talk about and i brought up the shotgun and it's perfect time because you mentioned browning and all that stuff and of course you know that was the impetus for the shotgun you know with his a5 and and the the shotgun that walther was making for a while was trying to, to mimic that A5, you know, as, as much as they could without stepping on the toes too yeah. much, you yeah. know. It's a it's a funny history. I always walk through our museum over in Germany, and we, we got a couple over there. And every time I walk through there, I find something else. I'm like, man, we did that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's always cool, you know. It's fun to bring people over there and just kind of see that history because you think nowadays and you think PPK, right? But right. It's just there. There's so many things about Walther. It's just a, a cool storied legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because by the time you get the PPK, you know, in in the first quarter of the 20th century, I mean, there's there's a hundred years of company history that yeah. has already gone on before you get to what we think of as the iconic Walther stuff today, right? Yes. Um, and so how, how big of a, of an operation do they have in Germany versus over here? And, and when did things come over here? Yeah. So we'll kind of start off. So, you know, the original, uh, plant, Craig Melazalis, I believe it is in, in Germany, which, you know, exists no more. There's still remnants of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they packed up, they moved to Ulm, Germany, and that's where our kind of main Walther, uh, facility is at. So largely cause it's so much easier to spell. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> so many, three letters. You know, good for us uh, Americans over here. We can say it real easy, right? <laughs> um, even with my long draw, you know. But uh, but yeah, so we have our plant in Ulm, which is outside. You know, it's a two-hour train ride from Munich. You know, so okay. southern Bavarian region. Uh, great culture down there. Uh, gun building culture and stuff. So uh, that's our main plant. We have another plant as well in uh, Arnsberg, Germany. Um, so that's now kind of where our, our headquarters are at too. So, uh, we do a lot of, uh, the rimfire things up there and, uh, PD 380, things like that. So we had two plants in, in Germany and, uh, you're probably looking, you know, a few hundred, you know, employees over there, um, combined at that point. But I believe in 2012, we got our U S facilities. Um, 2016 is kind of really when we moved into this and started moving forward really, really heavily, heavily. Um, so now we have our Fort Smith plant. We have probably 150, 160 workers here now, and uh, it's growing like crazy. So yeah. I was going to say, it seems like there's a constant state of evolution going on the floor. It's like, well, this wasn't here last time we visited, and next time that's going to be different. And Yeah, it's all the behind-the-scenes stuff people never pay attention to. You know, <laughs> right. you're just waiting for that new gun to come out, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of work in the process, and there are a lot of moving parts on the back end. But. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's... Uh, that's like you said, that's what, what a lot of people don't understand is just how much R and D and everything that, that goes into these guns before you see what hits the shelves. And, and then of course there's stuff that goes through R and D and never makes it out of that, you know? Yeah. And, and so there's, there's so much behind the scenes. It's funny with, with Walter's legacy too. And you talk about the development, you look at the WA 2000, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like one of our most, you know, we get requested that a lot. They go for uh, the last one, go for like 70,000 oh, or yeah. something Insane. like that. But, you know, like we were tracking that pretty closely. So um, when did that gun go out of production roughly? Oh man. You know, I'm not too sure on that one. Um, mid nineties, maybe 87. Okay. So we're going to look real smart. Yeah. (laughs) I knew that. Yeah. I I didn't read anyone slips off camera. So a gun that finished its production run in the late eighties still looks more technically advanced today Mm -hmm. than the competitors that are out there. Cause it's just a a cool looking gun. It is a very cool looking gun, a very cool looking gun. And I mean, I'm sure we probably all know the answer to this, but, but why, why not make something like that today with, with the demand and of course, you know, with the impact that the video games have had and stuff to, to bring so much popularity to that. Why, why not? Yeah, I think it's probably for the same reason they stopped it back then. It was a crazy hard to make, right? <laughs> Could never get it run right either. You know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, really cool gun. And we always talk about this as like a lot of those cool guns, you know, like, yeah, we can. We always joke around. We could sell tens of hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the, old, it's the forty-one Magnum story. If you made this in forty-one Magnum, me and my two friends would buy it. Yeah, and I, I really do. I think the W do that would be great in a modernized platform. You know, but mm-hmm. it, it it gets hard for for companies with a storied legacy because you know no one wants to see their greatest hits album get remade into a, a pop. <laughs> culture thing you know right, right? True. and so if you go in there and add modern machining techniques and you know ways to make that thing easier to to be manufactured on the floor and it, then it kind of stops becoming what made it cool it's mm-hmm. like the first place like people who put butt stocks and picatinny rails on lever guns dan <laughs> very very handy <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Ranger Point, man. They're, they're cool, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I love them too. I just, you know, I, I had an opportunity to take a shot at Dan, and you know, you miss 100 percent of the really shots you don't take. That's right. And and with Dan, we 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 hit 100 on all of them, you know. So yeah. 
poor Dan. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll stand behind my tactical guns. There you anyway. go. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, you know, obviously we, we touched, uh, we've mentioned a little bit about the PPK, and obviously that's the, the elephant in the room for the company, right? Yeah. And, and it's not that we're not going to talk about the PPK. You know, for those of you who've seen the previous episodes of the show, you know that we have talked PPK before. Um, and, and we will again. And we will again. Stay <laughs> tuned. You know, we all, but, but that's not kind of what we're going to focus on here with, with these episodes. You know, we, 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 we will definitely give PPK some more love, you know, but, um, but there are plenty of other firearms that are equally interesting in the history of the company. And, and you know, so, we're, of course, we're talking, you know, the P1, the P38 and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and there's a, a whole different kind of interesting and amazing history with those guns. And so can you talk to us? A little bit about like the legacy of the p38 and what that has meant to the company yeah i think when you look at uh, you know people talk about the ppk being like one of the most famous guns for for walter and every time i talk to you know history buffs and things like that it's p38 for them mm-hmm. or it really is you know i mean you, you think of the, the amount of guns that were produced and it was a really cool gun but you know i think walter made a lot of technological advances in manufacturing to be able to really crank those things out in a crazy time you know and it it led to you look at a lot of the competitor firearms now that kind of use that still use that system today Mm -hmm. still great shooting firearms that 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 modern advancement of that has really kind of catapulted our industry into even some u.s military style firearms as well you know sure it was a it was a really cool gun when you when you take a look back at it and you know, that's, that's another gun that we've always looked at, one of our kind of vintage history type things. Is like, man, what would it take nowadays to, to make that? And, right. man, just manufacturing yeah. is so different nowadays. It is yeah. it's it's like wild. We were, like we were talking about on the factory floor earlier, you know, these days guns are designed with the manufacturing process in mind as a consideration. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a really cool feature, but, man, we can't do that in a realistic way in a production setting. Yeah. Where then it was, okay, we, we need to make a functioning you know, firearm, we'll figure out how to build them later. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the P38 is iconic. You know, as you said, you, you can see the influences, yes, in the manufacturing side, but just in the gun itself, where other companies have taken little bits and pieces. Like, maybe it's just me. I can't look at a Beretta 92 without seeing that big open top slide and not right. think P38. Sure. Well, and also, you know, uh, when, when someone says Walther, what comes to my mind is the P38. You know, like when, when you're talking Walther handguns and some, you know, if when someone has a PPK in mind and that's what they're talking about, they don't say, oh, you know, the, the, the Walther hand, the Walther, mm-hmm. right? No, they say the PPK, you know, yeah. whereas when say the Walther, they're talking the P38, you know, and yeah. we all know, like when someone just says, you know, the Walther, they're talking the P38. Yeah. Well, they're almost you know? permanently linked. It's, it's always the Walther P38. Walter B thirty eight. Right. It's yeah. well, that's one word, right? Mm-hmm. It's all all just yeah. runs together there, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I always deal you know, we get people ask, like, Do you make the Luger? You know? <laughs> <laughs> we made the one that you can actually make. You yeah. Know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well and and there's uh, you know, actually a much longer history with the P thirty eight than people tend to think. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's got uh, the the iconic World War Two history in it, but you know, that comes made in, into the sixties and beyond mm-hmm. and, and and that's something that I think people don't think a whole lot about. We've start to see a little bit more of it because uh, those those aluminum frame guns from the '60s uh, are now starting to get imported more yeah. on the surplus market, and yeah. just even within the last couple of months, yeah. uh, they've become much more readily available. And of course, they're a heck of a lot cheaper than a, a wartime, you know, P38. 
Um, and so I think that's helping to bring some of the awareness of the history that that model actually spans a, a much larger period of time than people tend to think of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you look at the technology, when you go into, like I said, like, yeah, P1, P, P88s and stuff like that, there's, there's a lot of that technology that kind of transformed into those guns into the future, you mm-hmm. know, and still one of my favorite guns when we walked to that museum, there's a P88 comped version. And oh, wow. And I was like, man, they were doing comps back then you know <laughs> as you said everything everything old is new again that's right yep, yep, yep. exactly that so. was one of our very first episodes wasn't it <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah but uh, you know the, the like the whole history and all those guns is is pretty cool to kind of go back and see and it's hard for even a person like me you know we're, we're so focused on what's going on now and what we got you know my head's always three five years in the future sure what's yeah. coming for walther and it's to learn the storied history of that you know you could Dang, you get a degree in it. Right. Know? Well, a, you know, as we were talking earlier, Walther has done, I think, a fantastic job of balancing that history and legacy with cutting-edge technology. You know, you, you've been able to embrace kind of both sides of that timeline, I think, better than anyone else in our space. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know if that's uh, purpose or not, honestly, coming from the, <laughs> the marketing guy. You know, I think, uh, you know, our, our fans and, and people that buy our guns help drive us in that direction. Sure. You know, because we're, we're going to make what you, people buy <laughs> in the right. end of it you know and there is a there's a mix of that we we've always had you look at the p38 and the pvk and all that stuff and I always say those were those are duty guns we have a term for it nowadays but back then it really wasn't like that right. like right. those were hardcore duty guns you know yep. and walther made their living on that and uh you know so to see us kind of back in that law enforcement scene and stuff like that nowadays is mm-hmm. is, is still tribute to our heritage and, and what we've kind of produced ever since the beginning all the way back to the model one with it being kind of more of an, an agent's gun that they could right. throw in a pocket you know yeah. so yeah and that is neat because there's there are people you know who who aren't into the historic aspect of firearms who look at that and go, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting. Walther's getting into the law enforcement side of things. It's like, no, Walther's been in the law enforcement <laughs> yeah. side of things for a Very long heavily. time, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it's kind of uh, interesting to see everything, like, everything old is new again, right? <laughs> it all it all comes back around and keeps coming to that. You well, know? Good, good things tend not to go away. Yes. It's, when something is, is good, it, it comes, it sticks around, it comes back. You know, even if it goes out of vogue and fashion, it right. still typically comes back because it's a good product. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and we've got to talk the P99 as well, yeah. right? When you were talking about old things coming new again, I wanted to say, I was like, man, please let the Paddle Magazine release become cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. Just, we just can't make it cool, man. <laughs> Love it, but man, Americans just don't like it, you know? Yeah, we really don't. We're, no, no. we're a stubborn breed, yeah, you stubborn. know? I know, I know. It's so much faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always well, like the WMP, you give both options. Yeah. So I exactly. like I like that because I'm, I'm with you. I'm a paddle fan as well. So yeah. having both options on that pistol, I thought was a really yeah, smart yeah, move. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah, the, the P99's, a, a good friend of mine was uh, Peter Dahlheimer, who was very young in that project, was, was one of the engineers on that uh, development of the P99, the very beginning. He was about 20 or 21 years old or something like that. You know, he actually has written textbooks on firearm manufacturing and you can buy like it's he's, he's a smart guy <clears throat> but uh I, I used to talk to him all the time about the p99 and uh that was a such a cool kind of phase for walther to transition into because mm-hmm. you look at what you know the competitors like glock was doing and stuff and you saw i think everybody saw the transition like it was coming mm-hmm. you know and they 
Walter was just purchased by Umarex, uh, Wolf Flaumer, the in the PW group, who's an amazing man. If you ever get to meet him, he is uh, absolutely hilarious and have a funny ruining of a James Bond movie um, <laughs> from him later on. But uh, but uh, no, he's uh, he, he purchased the company there and, and immediately recognized like Walter needed to update and get into this this polymer gun market and mm-hmm. not just copy but innovate you know and the p99 was so far ahead of its time completely um i mean still to this day like i try to talk through even like the the as the anti-stress uh trigger system and stuff and it's honestly it's almost like too much for your average guy to like take in like everything that it can do and Mm -hmm. do very great you know and so but it really pushed walter you know it I don't think it got its due diligence in the United States for as a duty gun, but mm-hmm. the rest of the world sure bought into it, you know. What I always appreciate about the, the P99 is, you know, we, we know when you say Walter, people typically think of barrels because you make some of the finest barrels out mm-hmm. there. With the P99, ergonomics started coming into play, too. And yep. from the P99 on, every Walther handgun has just felt so good in the hand. Yep. And that was something that you really weren't getting in the early polymer guns. Yep. You know, the, the Glock was not really ergonomically designed for anybody. The Sigma certainly wasn't. Yep. You know, yep. A lot of those pieces weren't. Where the P99 felt like somebody put a lot of thought into how the human hand is shaped and what we needed to hold that. And every, every P-series gun since that has really... Yeah. I think shown that or excelled in the ergonomics area. And there's there's actually a cool gun. It was actually up on Grumperker. It might still be there now. It's called a, a P99 La Chase edition. And uh, I was one of. I think it recently. I, I just. I think I just saw right? that pop on a recently sold. It, list. Was, it was super cool. And it was you know the P99 had you know the first gun to be interchangeable back straps on a, on a polymer frame gun, but they actually did like a, a hand carved wood back strap. On oh the, wow! On it on a OD green frame and okay, nice engraving. Beautiful, beautiful gun. You know, and it mm-hmm. kind of got back. I, I thought that was one of the first really cool additions of trying to make you know a polymer frame gun high end and premium. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, you think of the Tupperware guns, right? And, right. like, it, they were just hard-use duty guns. They weren't pretty. They were just, you know, go to work. It was but a tool. Yeah. You know, then you look at your, your nice revolvers and 1911s and stuff like that. That was always the ornate style, mm-hmm. you know, um, design work and stuff. But you saw that kind of transition into the, the polymer frame guns. It was like a polymer frame gun can look really nice, yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, we still try to play that today, you know, like for sure. So, no reason why it can't be so yeah well and the and the p99 is is in kind of an an interesting timeline and time frame space right now right Mm -hmm. um so talk to us a little bit about what's going on with the p99 so it's in its final edition phase (laughs) right now you know and uh i bought one pretty instantly (laughs) (laughs) this is at my house it was a uh, a really cool project, but yeah, it's, it's been around for a while. And this year is that, you know, we're, we're going to stop manufacturing that. And, uh, I say that like, it, it's, t- it's hard for me. Like I, you want to keep just making these things because sure. they're, they're cool and they've got legacy behind them and stuff. But yeah, we just kind of made that decision. Like it was, it was, it was its time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we did a cool, you know, uh, limited edition case and challenge coin with it. And then we went back and did the original OD green, uh, frame like on the on the old p99 um but did the anti-stress trigger new tenor for coating did it really nice and engraved final edition on it so mm-hmm. uh kind of a one of those bittersweet things you know right. um we know it's it's kind of been the building blocks for walther for a long time was that platform but you know so i mean it it'll be its one run you know yeah. so um we're we're excited but kind of you know sad at the same time yeah so. 
How, how many are in that final edition? You'll see probably you know, a few thousand of those out okay. of the market. Yeah. So, and they are they seem to be selling pretty quick, you know. Right. Um, Taking a look here uh, in the last, uh, looks like about the last month, had a couple of final edition runs go off. Um, nine mil and uh, one with just 50 rounds fired, supposedly. for You can still get them for a decent price. They're right yeah. around $1,000 going yeah. right now. Yeah, so. yep. yeah. So, that they're, they'll make their runs or, or kind of still putting them out in small batches and doing the last bit of our, our parts and stuff like that that we have on them to, to, to kind of phase them out you know mm -hmm. and uh we've got quite a bit of orders from from dealers and stuff on them so we wanted to kind of make sure we we you know filled the need for it we didn't want to come out and do a final edition and make 20 and sure. you know like right. drop culture <laughs> you know like, <laughs> yeah. cool but so frustrating at the same time you know like it's a five thousand dollar gun and there's only 20 of them and only 20 of you are going to get them yep yeah. it sells yeah. out in two seconds yeah. like exactly. you know it's not really what we want. it was always the a, a people's gun you know and like that's not what we really wanted to do with it we want to make sure we get them out there and have it's just the final run of them mm -hmm. you know and too like as a walter fan i always wanted the the green frame you know as a as a throwback but i i liked the new updated frame style that they did you right know, with the slide sure. serrations as well so if you look at like the old original p99 very fine slide mm -hmm. serrations on it you know and so we kind of you know up to the the quality on all the finishes and you know modern stuff so sure mm -hmm. well and you know and you said you know it's just it's time yeah. right and but, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint and a marketing standpoint, so how, how does a company determine when it's time? You're, you're always watching numbers, right? And, uh, you know, when that gun's not your, your flagship anymore and you mm. look, we're not we're investing a lot of marketing into it anymore. And we knew, like, the PDP is a, you know, it's built off, you know, the, the legacy of what we've learned off P99. But that's our gun that we're going to law enforcement with. That's the gun we're... Or pushing and promoting and things like that. And it's a different trigger system and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, you just kind of watch numbers and, and see where the, the industry is starting to trend towards, you know, and there's only so long you can just, you know, if you're only making, you know, a few thousand a year or so, man, it's just eating up machines that you could be building your new product with. Right. You know? and it's always and, better to, to retire when you still have some game left in you instead yeah, of being right. that, you know, sad, limping player going down yeah. the court who's just there because they refuse to give up. Right. And everybody always tell like they're always like, man, you know, guns are on like five year product cycles, you know, before they start and I was like, you're looking at the P ninety nine like, what? <laughs> it's been around a little while, you know. So. Right. Uh, yeah. I do want to jump back in time though to the seventies though, because mm. Walther has made for me one of the most beautiful cool firearms ever and again i'm gonna i'm gonna be that consumer saying if you made one i know like five of us who'd buy one. yeah yeah or alan yeah. will just buy five yeah well, <laughs> so you know we we know the 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 pistol caliber carbine or the you know sub non-machine gun category mm -hmm. kind of took off a few years ago and you know as the mpx came out and you started to see some mp5 clones come out and i kept waiting waiting for you know the, the, uh, uh walther's version yeah the mpl the m the uh, mpw i'm like Gotta have one. Gotta yeah, have one. Yeah. So, so, am I gonna be happy? Man, you know, <laughs> shot show twenty twenty four. Do, I ever, have, yeah. do <laughs> I ever have a chance? Is what, I'm, what I'm asking. Is there a chance? <laughs> yeah, it's a, oh, man. It, as a, I was a Walther fanboy before I ever started to work here. Carried a PPK, shot a PPQ five inch competitively, and like then got hired here. You know, so. Yes, I have been, you know, oh, I want an MP MPL. That was the first full <laughs> auto gun I ever shot was an MPL. It was, it was freaking cool, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think the the pistol brace thing kind of fell in and, and yeah. really kicked to that, that PCC, you know, market. You yeah, know, did throw a big old in the groin a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, 
You know, I, I think we, we do want to grow and expand and, and, you know, get a little bit more diverse as a company. Um, sure. You know, not sure which, you know, direction that's going to be first, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I would definitely hope to see something. I, I, I can tell you the guys in the office here are, are definitely pushing and asking, <laughs> you know. But, you know, it always gets down to, to business as well. And I always sure. laugh, like, the industry, like, you had people that stayed in their lanes, right? For the most part, like this company was really good at making this and they kind of stuck to that. And this company was really good at that and they kind of stuck to that. And mm-hmm. they, they would dabble outside that, but they kind of stayed in it. Nowadays, it's just, man, it, it, it's doggy dog. It's free for all. Yep. It is. Everybody's in every market. Everybody's in rifles, shotguns, pistols, you know, rimfire, everything, you know. And yep. so, you know, we got to make sure as a company we stay true to our brand as well. And we're not just, you know, we make a cool thing. And like I said, we sell it 5000 the first you know, people that love Walther, but then it just dies after that and does nothing. And we right. wasted a lot of time and we don't want to look to the past too much. Right. We, we still want to be innovators in the game. And I always tell people that they're begging for a micro compact from us. I'm like, trust me, man. I know, <laughs> you know, like me personally, I, I want one too, but like, we've always taken the stance of like, it, you know, sometimes we're not always first, mm. but Walther, we're, we're going to dang sure make sure it's the best when we do come out with it. And I guarantee you that. Um, so, you know, that's the approach we, we kind of take on everything. And so, I, you know, we do have a, a new product coming out, and the, the launch video has a little little teaser of an MP in there, you know, gotcha. an old school one. You know, we're, we're trying to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> behind the scenes of the scenes, you know. There you we're, go. We're trying to do it. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're gun guys here, too. We, we'd, sure. we'd love to shoot. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, too, we got to make sure we make the right business decisions as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Alan, anything really cool that has closed recently? Well, you know, Cody brought up the LeChase models of the P99. It seems yeah. like an appropriate conversation. And we have had a couple clothes recently. Both We had a 9 and a 40. And they're really cool guns. They're good collectible you know, status to them. They're still pretty affordable. The 9 mil went off uh, with a target, uh, test target, factory case, paperwork for about 2400 Okay. Uh, the 40, which, as we know right now, is a little bit of out of vogue, um, came with the original case and a few other items just under, like, $1,900. So. Okay. So you can get into a LeChase at a, at a fairly affordable price for what you're getting for it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool gun. I actually had texted that link around, and I was like, man, I was trying to. I was just about to go on a hunt. I was like, oh, man, I better not. <laughs> well, there were 27 bids from a dozen different people, so yeah. okay. there was some pretty stout competition. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and you still see popular, even the P99C, you know, like I'll, I'll set alerts for that, the, the, the 9mm, you know, P99C, and that was like yeah. a really cool gun. I mean, you think you get that AS trigger system, decocker and all that, and a subcompact before – Oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are. So, but they're, yeah, they're tough to find as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Cody, we appreciate you sitting around with us. The time flies when we're having fun. Yeah. Um, and so we are just about out of time for this episode, but uh, we're, we're definitely coming back with you. So appreciate all of you for tuning in to this episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, you're downloading the episodes on your favorite platform. You can find us everywhere. Leave us some comments, reviews. means a lot to us. Um, we definitely try to interact with you guys. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week on the next episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. <laughs>